Well, a few, um, a few years ago now, um, probably about four or five years ago, I can't think of it, um, my wife and I and the kids went to stay at Emmeline's parents uh, for a couple of days. And it was the Saturday morning, and I was at the breakfast table in the kitchen uh, along with my mother-in-law. And uh, while I was sat there, uh, Bracken, my Labrador, who at that stage was probably about two years old, um, was in the kitchen. And he set out to prove that the dogs don't just eat the crumbs that fall under the table. These words in Mark's Gospel. Although he had already had his breakfast, being a Labrador, he was a little bit hungry. You know, it doesn't matter what time of day, Labradors can be quite hungry. And uh, all of a sudden, as, uh, as Janet and I sat at the table, this nose appeared over the edge and took half a loaf that was waiting to be sliced and put in the toaster. I had a slice of toast on my plate. I was one of the fortunate ones. And promptly, he vanished out the door. He was showing that, not just the crumbs. Um, thinking of it another way, his, his gluttony uh, perhaps makes us think of new words that could be here or new ways to interpret the word, but I'll come to that later. The passage starts with Jesus withdrawing, and, and it's important that we remember that, that, that Jesus needed rest. We all need rest. And I don't know about you, but I've found it difficult to... I've wanted to rest these past few days, the heat does that, but then when it comes to bedtime, it's difficult to sleep. It's still too warm. Uh, Often when Jesus rested, he went to a cool, quiet place. He went to a mountain, particularly, we see in Matthew's Gospel. But here in Mark, he goes on a different journey. In fact, the story is in Matthew too. But he, he goes to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And that, nowadays, would be Lebanon. It's a sort of coastal area. It's a bit further away from where he's been. (coughs) Excuse me. And there is a hope that in going there, he might not be recognised. He might not be pestered he might be able to find a bit of space to get that rest that he needs and recharge the batteries. But if he thought that, well, that wish is not going to be fulfilled. And a woman comes seeking healing for her daughter into this house of rest, this anonymous house that he is in. Now, a Samaritan woman would have been descended uh, from Jacob, 
and therefore seen as a child of Abraham, even though their understanding of religion was different from the Jews. They could maybe have been thought of as a lost sheep of Israel. (coughs) But this woman is not a Samaritan. He is in Syrophoenicia. And so she's, she's not Samaritan. She's Greek. Not a descendant of Abraham at all. Definitely Gentile. But yet she comes seeking healing for her daughter. And she falls at Jesus' feet. And she does that in faith that he is going to do something. Whoever she is, she has heard and she believes. And in that faithfulness, she comes. (coughs) Sorry, I've had a tickle the past couple of days. But uh, I'm sure get through it. Jesus doesn't uh, meet the demand quickly. He hints that he's not going to do it at all. Did he come for her? Did he come for her people? By this time in the other Gospels, Jesus has already healed the the servant uh, of a, a Roman centurion. So perhaps that story of healing Gentiles has got around. But Jesus' words seem incredibly harsh, indeed grossly offensive. It is as if he'd chosen the offensive word that relates to somebody of a different ethnic background. Whatever that word might be. So if it had been somebody of an Afro-Caribbean background, it's as if he'd used the N-word that we don't use nowadays. And some claim that the harshness of the word dog that Jesus uses is countered a little bit. It's countered by the fact he uses a diminutive form of the word. It might mean that it is a pet dog or a playful pup rather than a street scavenger. But even with that, it's still an insult. But perhaps he says it with a bit of a twinkle in his eye. It seems unusual to us that he would use an offensive word. And particularly at this time, because actually, if you were looking at the gospel, you would find this comes straight after he's been teaching, it's not what you put in your mouth which causes you to be unclean, but the things that can come out of your mouth, 
make you unclean. The words that you say can make you unclean. Which is the teaching he's just been giving. So it, it seems an unusual time for this use of the word dog to come. But our language can exclude people. It can push people away. It can stop people being in the relationship with God that God has always wanted. Because of who this woman was, she, she actually feels almost unworthy to sit at the table. She takes that being called a dog and accepts it for herself. But says, you know, um, I'm happy. I'm happy to eat just a crumb. I am a dog. Is the point that she's starting to get to. We are all, whoever we are, unworthy. Unworthy of that crumb. Doesn't matter what our genetic makeup is, what town we were born in, what country, what faith our parents had, these are things of no importance. We are unworthy of God's love. But God loved the world so much that he gave his son. God loved the world that Jesus came that we can believe and be forgiven. We can be welcomed to not just receive a crumb, but to receive a seat at a banqueting table. He welcomes people from every nation to be part of his family, to sit down and share a meal. And that might be the right time to to turn back to my greedy glutton of a dog who would eat anything. Actually, he won't eat anything. We, um, We were having veggie curry last night and uh, there was lime with an accompanying salad and we were and we took uh, Emmeline took the, the half a lime rind and dropped it at the dog's foot and he went to it and he went to bite it and then thought again so we've established he doesn't like lime but there's not much else that he won't touch. We can see that God has great love here. More, more, more seems to be my dog's request. But the Canaanite woman faithfully seeking Jesus pulls herself back from that. She only wants the single tiny crumb because that is all that is needed. For her, faith in Jesus means such a crumb is like a banquet. 
the tiniest thing can be great. On a quiet night, you can hear a great distance. On a pinprick of light, can be seen miles away in darkness. In the darkness of the world where there is much pain and sickness, a mere morsel of Jesus' power brings great healing, great change, great hope. Jesus can bring us hope with the tiniest bit of faith. But first, we must humbly, like that woman, come before him and bow down and call him Lord. Amen.